Welcome to the Beers and Buckets Basketball Podcast, the only podcast for degenerates like us who love basketball and drinking beer. My name is Connor. I'm joined by Dal. And Dal, I'm excited to announce that we are officially part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Mom, we did it. Which is exciting news. We we did it. We made it. Hit or we made it. World's best but, cup of coffee. No, we, uh, Congratulations. You did it. <laughs> No, it's uh, the Basketball Podcast Network. It's the only place, well, not the only, but one of the only places where you can get the latest on your favorite teams and what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. So head over to HoopsPodNet on Twitter to learn more, or you can go to thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com. Dal, I mean, it's exciting that we're part, we're joining this network. I mean, there's so many opportunities for us. I feel like we've grown immediately. Like Thursday or Friday was announced, immediately we saw that jump. So excited for for you, excited for me, excited for us and our listeners. Probably pumping out better content now that we get paid to do so. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. We already did great content. You don't need yeah. that. <laughs> no, so um, did you watch any of the foreign trips yet so far, Dell, for uh, college teams? I like caught up with it. Uh, <laughs> so we were recording for... Uh, like clarity we were recording on monday at 11 p.m eastern so at this point auburn has lost to israel which is a very like respectable loss in in reality but the twitter narrative is just too good and so it's especially because we connor and i are in a couple group messages connor more than more so than i am he is somehow more online than, than I am. And is on, in a bunch of these groups where these, the youths like to pick fights, the, the youths like to pick yeah. fight with Auburn fans <laughs> and they're just going in on this narrative. And it's just too funny. It's just a bold strategy. Like I'm a Kentucky fan, right? And it's a bold strategy to do that when we lost as a two seed to the 15 seed. Like, you 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 lose those rights in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old school, and these kids just don't care. But like, that's, no, that's that's literally it. Ha- yeah. Like, what what's his name from cat? I can never know how to pronounce his last name. Denny Denny Avje. Denny Avje. You pronounce it? Avdia. That dude can ball, and like we <laughs> yeah, knew like that. A, and I don't know, like, ten, and he's an NBA player like, three years ago. Like that is a grown man that's playing in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Sorkin, Sorkin can ball too, and we've known Sorkin can play ball. So it's like that's like two professional players by themselves. But add in a bunch of guys who do the like we we're going to talk about in a little bit the dirty work, the stuff that people don't want to do. These guys are fighting and claw. They're men's national team for a reason for Israel. Like it's not like they're just a bunch of scrubs. So like uh, all the Twitter trolls and stuff like trolling Auburn, it's like. There's a reason that Bruce Pearl took them to play professional players because they're going to go up against some teams with with a couple of professional players on it. They just haven't been drafted yet this season. So, uh, but I do love the Uncle Rico or not Uncle Rico Rico the Penguin <laughs> Katie Johnson so memes like gets me every time. Glad he kind of missed that shot, but like even if he makes a good play, brother, I'm definitely using, dropping that yes. meme. Like even if he play, makes a good play this season, just because. Auburn fans even love that meme. It's so really funny. glad I could that glad we could find that and and get in good on that early. So, 
Um, but yeah, I, I, in the notes here, I'll drop a link in the notes for all the foreign trips in case you are uh, wanting to catch up on some of that. Arkansas has a couple next week, I think, or maybe it's this week. Uh, Kentucky plays in the Bahamas starting on Wednesday. So there's a lot of uh, opportunities to watch these teams early for I mean, there's there's a list you could see almost every team if you wanted to, if you search it up. So um, check them out. So that way you have a better idea of what to expect for college basketball. But keep in mind, they're playing professionals. Um, they're playing overseas teams that have grown men on them. So even if they do lose, it's not like that team's going to be bad. Just keep that in mind. All right. I'm going to. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to test you here to see how much Wake Forest you actually watched. So do you know who Cam Hildreth is? I don't. You jerk. That means you didn't watch any Wake last year. That's annoying. All right. So he's a he was a freshman guard. He's like a redhead dude, uh, but he's from uh, England. I remember the redhead. I just don't know yes. the name. Okay. Well, he's the redhead kid. Yeah. Uh, he's from England. Yeah. They have another uh, freshman big man that really didn't play. He played like in like thirteen games, twelve games, something like that. Named Matthew yeah. Marsh. So they have two guys from from England. Wake is actually they have another guy that is a freshman. I think next year played in like the Sweden U20 team. So they have a bunch of international guys. They went over and played in, in England uh, against Cam Hildreth's former uh, like semi-pro team, whatever. I, I guess it was a pro team mm-hmm. um, and did really well. And apparently Davian Williamson has been absolutely balling, who is uh, who is a really, really good shooter, but kind of dropped off towards uh, the end of ACC play. So if they could get him uh, kind of taken to the next level, that would be huge for them. So, that's other than other than the Auburn Israel thing. That's really the only foreign trip that I have followed so far. Yeah, I definitely want to check out Arkansas. They play in Spain and in Italy on August. Well, it's already started, but August sixth through the sixteenth, and then obviously, like I said, Kentucky's playing. Um, I'd be interested to see some of like this is gonna sound crazy, but St. Louis uh, because it's they play in Spain and Italy as well, eleventh through the twenty first. But St. Louis plays Auburn early this season at in Auburn, so uh, I think that's going to be a fun game. It was a it was a close game last year. If you if you watched that game last year, that was one I, I pitched to get upset. So um, it was a close game. But there's a couple of games on there that I'd like to check out just to get a feel for some of these, especially teams with a lot of roster turnover. Like Arkansas was one of those. Uh, you just have no idea what to expect from some of these freshmen. So um, definitely go check that out. Link in the show notes there. And yeah, so Dow, it's time for the beer review. You want to go first? You go first because I'm about to sneeze. Okay. Um, I am drinking, which I think honestly, it might be. Uh, it might have gotten a little too. I kept it in the freezer too long, so it might be a little solid. But I'm drinking El Segundo's Brewing Company, Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager, baby. <laughs> Let's go. The bottom line, because Stone Cold so says so. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it looks good. Um, definitely wanted to try it out. And I mean, I saw Steve Austin. I was like, I'm hooked. I'm not even a big wrestling fan. And I was, I was ready That's for fair. it. Actually. Yeah. I went to a, like, like almost 10 years ago, I went to a show, like a, like a indie music show on Halloween and like some record store one time, like it's just small thing. And this guy, his, the band name was American opera, but it was just one guy in acoustic. And so because it was on Halloween night, every all the artists that were playing at this show were dressed up in costume. And this guy was dressed up as Stone Cold Steve That's Austin. Awesome. And he would just like 
Yeah, and he had like the the bald wig and everything, and he would and he'd just be like, instead of the lighters on a slow song, he's like, get those middle fingers in the air, <laughs> and like, and he would go, and he would end every song with like, oh, with a, uh, he would play a note like a strum a chord, and he said, and that's the bottom line. Stone Cold said so. It was just a memorable experience. So that's incredible. Uh, that's why I like Stone Cold partially. But let me give this a try. It definitely a little too frozen, but my goodness, this is a good lager. Um, Has to be. It's so smooth. Yeah, very smooth. It's 4.8%, zero IBU, but I mean, it's a crushable lager. As It's as crushable as a, a lager can come, in my opinion. Um, like, that doesn't get much more crushable than that. Very similar to a, it's almost just like a little bit lighter version of a Yingling, if you're into that. And so... I would compare this to like a more popular team, but you got to go with North Texas mean green because that's where the man himself went. The stone cold stunner went was uh, he played college football at North Texas. So uh, that's where I'm going with. That's the bottom line. Cause Connor said, so Dal, what are you drinking tonight? I'm going to take your incredibly like hardo uh, stone cold beer and I'm drinking a Glutenberg IPA, which is, I had their like white beer, I think a, a little a couple weeks ago, but this is one of those gluten free craft breweries. So I'm going the exact opposite and <laughs> yep. a, a gluten free <laughs> beer. Uh, oh man, that's great. See, we're all about contrast. That's right. That's right. Buckets. It smells like an IPA. Um, ooh, interesting. It's like it's got the hoppiness of an IPA, but it's like I don't know, like a little lighter. But lighter is not really a great word. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's good. Maybe like sweeter a little bit. I don't know. Mm. That could also be because I'm drinking a root beer alongside of it. Uh, so that might be that might be a good <laughs> pairing. I have to chase my IPA with with root beer. <laughs> um, no, it's it's six percent alcohol. Like I said it's gluten free, so it has millet, uh, buckwheat, and corn beer. It comes in a pint. Um, yeah, no, this is really good actually. Gluten free, baby. Hey, welcome to America. That's right. Um, I actually like some gluten free stuff, and so dude, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write right, on it. This is. Free plug, they're not a sponsor, but gluten-free Oreos. <laughs> Whew. I know. You, this is not the first time you've mentioned uh, gluten-free Oreos on the podcast. There you go. So. That, there's a reason. <laughs> Those bad boys are delicious. Yeah, that good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. All right, so I'm going to go, and I feel like that every team has one of these guys. If you don't, you should probably get one because when you have one, they're good. But you know, whenever you just see, like last year it was Kellen Grady in February, and you're like, as soon as the shot goes up, you're like, all right, that's pure. And it just... That's a bucket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to compare this to that, because as, as, as soon as I took the first sip, I was like, I was like, ooh, that's good. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just like, especially for an IPA, like on the IPA crushable scale, this is very crushable. Um, so... Got to try it. So man. I'll... Uh, I'll compare it to that, that like, just that feeling whenever you see your shooter take a take an open shot in rhythm, 
it just everything everything fits perfectly and you you just know it's going in i like that comparison that's that's different than what we've had before so i dig it all right, so summer is ending and football is right around the corner. Uh, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can throw down all on, on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Dow, I, I have my eye on the Kentucky versus Florida game in the, in the swamp in early September for sure, like gonna put some money on that. What about you? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a sucker for the for the future bets. Uh, putting a little putting a little on Kentucky to win the SEC East because I think Georgia might lose two games Ooh. in the regular season. Uh, also, they just came out with the college, like the coaches poll, uh, and Wake Forest was like the fifth ACC team, and that's preposterous. They're gonna go eleven and one <laughs> as well. So putting a little money on Wake to win the ACC. I like it. I like that. Not Homer picks uh, best at of all. all draft... <laughs> best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and make your first deposit. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, so during the college basketball offseason, we've been breaking down either by ourselves or with a guest that is knowledgeable about a certain team, the top 25 teams from last season, team by team, and previewing them for the upcoming season. So we'll talk about roster movements, staff changes, and other impactful events. This week's team is the Kansas Jayhawks, and we're joined by Nick Schwert, host of the Waving the Wheat Kansas Athletics podcast, to break down the reigning national champions offseason. So Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on, man. Like it was yesterday that I messaged. I was like, "This is a long shot," but you know what's worth asking. And uh, just happy you responded. I was like, just you know, so happy that you responded. So, um, not a long shot at all, man. You're uh, <laughs> you're selling a little high on me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you do have one Heisman vote, right? <laughs> I do have a Heisman vote. Um, I don't really know how I lucked into that, but um, not really relevant to, I guess, uh, the, the subject matter that we're going to be discussing. Today, I would bring it up in everything. Some... I put it up on my resume. Yeah. I do. You guys want to talk some Kansas football? We can do that. I don't think it'll be nearly as entertaining. No, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, well, let's before we get into actual Kansas offseason, real quick, we have a, a few minutes. Tell us about you. How'd you get into um, talking athletics over podcasts or, you know, I see you, you cover KC stuff on ESPN. So give us a little uh, insight into Nick Schwartz life. Well, I grew up, uh, I I live in Kansas city now. I grew up about 60 minutes down the road in Topeka. So I grew up uh, a lifelong KU fan, uh, Chiefs, Royals, you know, all the area teams uh, went to KU and it was there I kind of fell in love with uh, sports media. I didn't know what I wanted to do, TV, radio, print, but I knew I wanted to cover sports and you know, started doing some student radio. So immediately uh, I knew that that was sort of the, the outlet that I wanted to use to try and cover sports and got an internship with the local radio station in town, talking KU for a kid who grew up a diehard Kansas basketball fan. That was sort of a dream come true. And 
by the time I graduated, that internship turned into a part-time job, which then turned into a full-time job and ended up hosting a, a radio show in Lawrence, covering KU almost exclusively for about six years, and uh, now working for 610 Sports Radio here in Kansas City, doing you know more of the, the Royals and Chief stuff, as well as doing the, the KU podcast that you mentioned on the side. So uh, definitely a dream come true for a, a kid from Kansas. So uh, it's exciting now, especially coming off a national championship. And obviously the Chiefs over the last five years have been the show in the NFL. And I heard you're a Bucks fan, so <laughs> I don't want you to interject and say anything there. We're not here to talk about that right now. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the rundown on, on how I've got to where I'm at now. That's awesome, man. That That's definitely a dream come true for sure. So, all right, well, we won't waste any more time. Kansas is off season. Last year, they finished 34 and 6 on the regular season, or well, on the total season total, 14 and 4 in the conference. They finished first in Big Ten, sixth in AP, top 25, and third in Ken Palm. Obviously, they won the national championship after a crazy comeback slash collapse on UNC's part. So as a as a Kansas fan, walk us through the season last year. I mean, I, I mean, I got to rub it in here right now. This is the only time I'm going to do it. After Kentucky put that beating on you guys, did you even remotely think you had a shot at winning the title? Yeah, you know, that was kind of – I remember that point in the season because you get to January and you're about a month into conference play. And I, that's why I've, I've, I've loved when they, when they do the, the Big 12 SEC Challenge – at the end of January, because this year the non-con schedule for KU was weaker than most. They usually have one of the, the strongest in the country, but this year was a little weaker. So about a month into conference play, it's nice to play somebody outside your conference just to kind of see where you stack up, just to see, okay, you're going up against one of the nation's best. Like, let's see how you fare. And yeah, I mean, it was a SmackDown. And at that point in the season, I don't think any KU fan, even the the ones with crimson and blue colored glasses would have told you that that team was a national championship caliber team. It was just a bunch of guys who didn't look like they knew how to play with one another. You wondered if, if guys were really buying into roles and if they had enough game in game out to rely upon, we knew Ochai was great, right? You knew you had this uh, first team, all American national player of the year candidate, but around him, none of the pieces just were fitting or fitting consistently enough and I would say that th those questions didn't even really answer themselves throughout the rest of the regular season. It wasn't until the NCAA tournament, or really the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, when all of a sudden Remy Martin became the guy that they thought they were getting from Arizona State. And they went on a, you know, an incredible March run. But this was not a, a team, like we like to think of these storybook uh, sort of trajectories where Maybe you start sloppy at the beginning of the season and you just naturally get better and better as the months go by. That's not how it went. It all kind of just came together at the perfect time. But at no point during the regular season did I think that this was a national championship caliber team, especially not after that, uh, that beat down at the hand of your Wildcats. So there you go. There's your, uh, there's your gloating. Yeah, it's just it's funny to me. You kind of look at that side of it, and yeah, Kansas kind of up and down, guys buying into roles and everything. And then you look at UNC's side of it, where kind of similar story. I mean, like they were they were really not good in December. Kentucky played them, put the beat down on them in, in December. And like I, to think that that UNC team would make the championship game, just it didn't add up to me. 
Uh, but it's all about guys stepping in, stepping up. I mean, their backcourt was atrocious all season. Dal is a Wake Forest fan and uh, and graduate, and he watched. So he watched them obviously more than you know the average SEC fan too. But he he even said like this this UNC backcourt is so bad. But it's those guys that stepped up and found their role. And so it's kind of funny how both Kansas and UNC kind of stepped into that mode where it's just like they got favorable matchups in the tournament. They had to make big plays and got it done when they needed to. And then ultimately they met up and, and clashed. It was like a clash of the 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 roller coaster titans almost. So it was just kind of a weird, uh, weird tournament, all, all things considered, for sure. Yeah, and that's the tournament, you know. Uh, yeah. If KU plays Duke or Kentucky or Gonzaga, in the national championship game or in the final four, you know, they might not be national champions, but yeah. that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament. It doesn't always give you, uh, you don't always see the best team win. Like we saw, you know, a year ago with Gonzaga and Baylor, the two best teams all year long. I don't think college basketball had one of those teams no. this year. They didn't have, I guess last year, you didn't have one of those Titans or one of these teams that were clearly a class or a cut above everybody else. It was just sort of, a lot of really good teams, no great teams. Kansas, you know, proved by the end of the year that they were one of those great teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, okay, so they ha- they lost three players. Um, well, actually, two players to the draft, and then David McCormick went undrafted, went over to Turkey. Uh, Remy Martin graduated. Mitch Lightfoot graduated. Jalen Coleman Lambs gra- lands graduated. Obviously, like I said, the two players were Ochai Baji and Christian Brown. So. Tell me about these guys. Like, how do you feel about how self and self and company did replacing these guys, uh, and just the amount of weight that they carried for this Kansas team last year? I mean, it's about as much roster turnover as we've seen from one year to the next under Bill Self. Now, granted, you are bringing back two starters into Juan Harris and Jalen Wilson, and that was big mm-hmm. because. Jalen Wilson, he flirted with the NBA draft. You know, he went to the, the combine and he really impressed. And I thought it was about a 50-50 decision if he was going to keep his name in the draft and sort of capitalize up winning the title and knowing that that name recognition and that buzz surrounding you is about as high as it's ever going to be. But him electing to come back was huge. That was huge for Kansas. He was the biggest recruit, right? I always say that when, when guys, same like with Ochai the year before. Yeah. Ochai yeah. Baji almost went pro the year before. And he comes back, and we all know the season that he had, getting those dudes who were thinking about going pro to return for another year, those are always the biggest recruits. Those are always the biggest targets in the offseason. So getting him back was huge. He immediately is going to be your sort of senior leader, the guy on this team. Apart from that, in terms of replacing them, I think if you would have told Bill Self in the offseason that you were going to lose three starters – and your sixth man and Remy Martin, and you would have laid out the, the guys that he was going to bring in, he would have been thrilled with it because you've got the best recruiting class that he's had in quite some time with three McDonald's All-Americans led by Grady Dick, who was the Gatorade High School National Player of the Year. MJ Rice is a guy who was flirting with the G League. He had a, a lot of offers as well. And Ernest Uday, who I don't know how much he's going to play as a freshman, but again, McDonald's All-American, top 30 player in the country, 6'10", 7'2", wingspan. Like, that's a really, really solid recruiting class. But the biggest addition that they made is Kevin McCuller, the transfer from Texas Tech. And you look at the guy's numbers from a year ago, 
And you say, okay, like 10 points, four boards, he shot 30% from three. They don't really stand out to you. But then you think about the way Texas Tech played, right? Yeah. Texas Tech likes to slow it down, defense. He didn't have a lot of shooters around him. But this is a guy who is the quintessential Bill Self player. Great defense, lockdown defender. He can play two through four. He's going to move the ball. He's just a high IQ basketball player. They'll put him wherever, you know, or he'll play wherever they want to put him. He just mm-hmm. brings about versatility, which going back to last year is, I think, a big reason why Kansas was so good in March because you had wings with Brown and Ochai and Wilson, all who were sort of positionless, all who could do a lot of different things. They could defend, they could shoot, they could run in transition, they moved the ball. That seems to be a style of play that Bill Self is sort of shifting towards over the last couple of years. So I think the wing depth is going to be great. They are going to be pretty young, and there's going to be a lot of freshmen battling for minutes. So with that comes a lot of unknowns, but there's no replacing what you lost a year ago. All things considered, though, I think you've got to be really pleased with the offseason that this coaching staff had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as far as Kevin McCuller goes, we uh, we frequently have um, some guys from a podcast, a Texas Tech podcast. So we talked about Texas Tech earlier in the offseason, and and so they were a little salty, uh, understandably, about losing Kevin McCuller. I mean, why not? You're losing a good player, uh, and there, and so we have to we have to ask, who do you think is the better Kevin? I mean, obviously, I think we know your answer, but I have to ask, who is the better Kevin, Kevin McCuller or Kevin O'Banner? <laughs> Kevin O'Banner. Oh man. Um, well, you know what? I'm not that. I'm not that partial to Kevin McCuller yet. Yet, you yeah. know, <laughs> he hasn't even played a game for Kansas, so it's not as though it's a foregone conclusion. But I'll tell you what, man. Like those sorts of guys, the ones who. Like just play unselfishly, and this is going to make me sound like super old school, which I'm not. And I, I've, I've, I've listened. I've been to too many Bill Self press conferences, man. I've listened to that guy talk, and he seems to know what he's doing at a pretty high level. But the guys who are just sort of unselfish and don't really care about how much they're scoring, and just do the little things, just doing the dirty work, and fitting in, yeah. and finding a role. And understanding, the players. How, yeah, that, that type of stuff, man. That really endear those kinds of players really endear you to themselves. So, yeah, you knew where I was going to go, but I'm going to go <laughs> Kevin McCall. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you, I get you. Yeah, no, no hate for Kevin O'Banner, but we'll we'll have to do a, a vote. We have to do a vote on Twitter and see who the better Kevin is. So we'll we'll get there someday. Uh, all right, so. Uh, you mentioned some of the guys returning. Uh, there's a couple bench players returning, so we don't need to talk a whole lot about those guys. But um, as far as the incoming players, I mean, you mentioned Grady Dick and MJ Rice and those guys. Who is the one that you're most excited for coming into the season? Of the freshmen? Yeah. I have to go Grady Dick. Um, I mean, it's him and MJ Rice are really similar. I think they're going to be basically battling for minutes with one another. I think you've got three starting spots locked down with Dewan Harris, Jalen Wilson, and Kevin McCuller. So you're really looking for another guard to start alongside Harris and McCuller. And what's interesting about McCuller is, like I said, he can play so many different positions that you're really not, you're not pigeonholed into what you want to do with that other guard spot. Like a lot of people remember the Kansas teams with Frank Mason playing next to Devontae Graham. And for a while there, there was sort of this theory 
that Bill Self loves playing two point guards together. And I think he yeah. does, but it would be foolish to think that he is going to automatically do that just because it's his preference. I think yeah, he, yeah, exactly. And that's what the great coaches do, right? They're not going to say this, this, whoever's playing at the one is doing this, whoever's playing at the two is doing this. The best coaches are going to figure out what they have and build a sort of system around that. And that's what we saw a season ago. So I think both those guys have a legitimate shot to compete for minutes, but they've also got some dudes on the bench who were here last year and Bobby Pettiford, who's a sophomore and Joe Yesifu, who kind of came on a little bit late, the transfer from Drake. But Grady Dick to me has the upper hand. He is a top 20 recruit in the country. He is 6'7", 195. He's probably, by all accounts, the best shooter in the nation in this freshman class. He is a knockdown shooter. He played for uh, maybe the best high school team in the country last year, right down the road, Sunrise Christian Academy down in Wichita. And this is a guy who's kind of a sneaky athlete, and we only do that for white guys, right? Six seven, one ninety five. But the dude can jump out of the gym. Um, he's a, a really good finisher. He's a really good shooter. He can put the ball on the deck, get his own shot. That's only half the battle. If you can't play defense, if you're screwing up offensive sets, if you don't know where you're supposed to be on the court, doesn't matter how many threes you're making, you're not going to play for Bill Self. So that's always the battle with young guys. Is we know you can ball. Like I, I know Grady Dick is going to have a game where he goes out and scores 20 points and everybody's going to get really excited. It's all about the little things. It's all about the other stuff. MJ Rice is a little different, right? He's 6'5", stocky, 215. Kind of reminds me of, if you remember, Wayne Selden from a few years mm-hmm. ago who, you know, not a great shooter. He's not a, an elite athlete, but he's just big and strong and physical, and he's got the body that is ready-made for college basketball. So for, between those two guys, I think you're kind of splitting hairs it's going to come down to the little stuff. It's never going to be about one thing. Bill Self's never just going to pick you because you do this one thing well. Can you fit yeah. in and do all the little stuff? But uh, Grady Dick I'm excited for because I got a chance to talk to him uh, before the McDonald's All-American game a few months ago. He's, uh, he's not lacking in confidence. He's got, a, he's got a little swag about him, which is – I like that. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance when you're 18 years old Mm -hmm. and you're going from being the best player in high school to all of a sudden just being another dude in college. But I think you need that edge. I think you need that edge to not have to try and wait your turn to hit the ground running and establish yourself, especially in a program like Kansas. So if you're looking for a new face to watch out for, that would be the one. And I think that he has, if if he can figure it out, he has the makings of being – like the villain. He's going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's Grayson Allen-esque because Grayson Allen did some <laughs> things on the court that legitimately made you not like him. That was what I was going to ask. But if you've got a cocky white dude who's reigning in threes and he's playing for Kansas and beating your yep. team, you're not going to like him. That's just the way that college basketball works. So yeah. I would just sort of uh, mark that one away and see how he's doing <laughs> when the season starts. <laughs> definitely definitely um also fantastic name by the way like let's just be honest his nil money is going to go through the roof oh like, yeah you can't you can't that i mean especially when rice and dick are going to be next to each other on the court at some point just gonna be perfect it'll be great when he, great when photo he made the there, so. uh he made the mcdonald's all-american team and he went to a local mcdonald's and he bought 
some Happy Meals and he did a photo shoot like oh, at the McDonald's, like just like by himself. And he's holding the Happy Meals and he put the caption McDick on it. That was the whole caption. <laughs> and it's like, oh my so he knows, like he's in on the joke yeah. too. He's not well somebody aware. who's like, oh, well I'm, I'm so tired of people making fun of my name. Like, no, he thinks it's funny too, yeah. which is like, okay, you well. You got to lean into it. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> A lot of opportunities yeah. now with NIL. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Can you give us a realistic starting five for, um, actually let's do this, do a starting five and who you think is going to close out a game, uh, and put your bill self thinking cap on for that. Mm. Sorry to take a drink there. Um, yeah, you're good. Well, if I'm putting my bill self cap on, I can't tell you how many times I've heard bill self say this exact line. It's not about who starts the game. It's about who finishes. Or more yeah. accurately, he'll go, well, you guys always care who's starting the game. You guys always want to know who's starting. He goes, why does it matter who's starting? All that matters is who's in there in the last four minutes, which, you know, he's making fun of me and not me specifically, but I feel personally attacked when he's doing that, when we're asking the questions. And then you kind of go, yeah, yeah, I guess he's right. Because there were so many times last year, I don't know how many starting lineups they went through, five or six, seven. And he would try out different guys, but at the end of the game, it was always the same five dudes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the dudes you trust. Absolutely. It's the dude, It's the guys mm-hmm. you trust. So um, there'll be, there will be, especially with on a team that's replacing this much. I'll tell you right now, there will be five-plus starting lineups that KU rolls out this year. Like, Grady yeah. Dick will start one game, then he won't start the next. MJ Rice will get a start. At the five spot, I mean, you got – a lot of people seem to think Zach Clements is going to be that guy. He was actually Grady Dick's teammate at Sunrise Christian. 6'10 white guy, can shoot it. He's got a kind of a, a big, sturdy frame on him, um, long, good motor. But the five spot is wide open. He could start some games. K.J. Adams, who – um, you know, had made some big plays in the NCAA tournament. He's more of a four. He's like six, seven, but great athlete, great defender, not much yeah. of an offensive threat. So in, in Ernest Uday, like there are four guys who can start at the five spot. So in terms of who's going to start at the beginning of the year, your guess is as good as mine, but I'll guess by the end of the year, my guess for the starting five for starting five for KU is going to be, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCuller, Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, Zach Clements. But I'm telling you right now, that's going to change a handful of times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just inevitable when you have that many incoming people, mm-hmm. for sure. So, well, and, and Bill Self's not somebody who, uh, and I don't know how many coaches do honestly do this. I think most coaches are like this, but. There seems to be this perception that when you get like a high-profile recruit, when you get a five-star guy, and you guys know this, Kentucky fans, that oh, well, if he's a McDonald's All-American, you got to play him right away, or he's not going to be happy. Yeah. Coaches like Bill Self and John Calipari, like, I refuse to believe that they are going to jeopardize their season to keep one 18-year-old kid happy, because they know yeah. how this works. If this kid who shouldn't be playing is playing, not only does it send the wrong message to the rest of your team, you're you're rewarding what the exact opposite of what you're trying to do. And these guys know if you leave, 
if you transfer after this season, guess what? I'm going to replace you with somebody who's just as good. So (laughs) I I don't think, I don't think, yeah, exactly. So I don't think these guys feel any pressure to, to play the high profile kids. No, no, they definitely don't. And, And you've seen that, especially as the transfer portal has kind of taken over college basketball and college sports in general, but you've seen that more, more so lately. I mean, 2019 Khalil Whitney played for Kentucky started a couple games and just realized this kid is not a five-star. This kid is not that good at basketball. He can't shoot, can't handle the ball, doesn't defend well. What He didn't want to do what he was asked to do, which was kind of be a high-energy guy in rim run. So Calipari pulled him, gave him some minutes when they could, but inevitably the kid ended up leaving midway through the season, and then Kentucky just got that much better because they got to play the guys who were better and knew their role. And so, yeah, I'm with you. Like these coaches, these Hall of Fame coaches don't get to Hall of Fame status by playing just five-star freshmen. That's just not, that's not how it works. You know, they, they know how to coach basketball for sure. So, yep. um, so can you, uh, can you give us an expectation? Like, obviously you and I both know this as fans of blue, blue bloods, there is every season expectation for a title, but realistically, what is your expectation for this upcoming Kansas team? being as try to be as unbiased as possible. Give me your big 12 expectations and then kind of grand scheme of college basketball where you think they'll end up and, uh, you know, go from there. Well, it's going to be just in terms of roster turnover. It's going to be lacking in continuity. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how much you guys dive into the numbers, but I, I love looking at Ken Palm and just kind of looking at some of the trends and the numbers from year to year. And if you go to KenPalm.com, they have this thing called minutes continuity. And it's not the same thing as experience. Mm-hmm. It's a breakdown of how many of the guys who were playing minutes last year are playing minutes this year. It's like, you know, how much change did your roster undergo? And this is going to have zero continuity from last year, with the exception of two guys, Dewan Harris and Jalen Wilson. And with that, yeah. it just naturally brings about a lot of uncertainty. And specifically with Bill Self, other coaches, I'll, I'll be the first to say, other coaches have done a, a better job historically at that roster turnover, not skipping a beat, and taking a bunch of young guys and sort of getting them ready right away. Bill Self's best yeah. teams. You can go through his entire. I'm gonna. He's been here since '04, so I mean, what is that? 18 years, 19 years. Go through his entire history of Kansas. His best teams have always been the ones that have had roster, you know, continuity from the year before. I mean, 2008, they win yeah. the title. 2010, I believe it was when they went 36 and three or something absurd, and they got bounced by Northern Iowa. That that team returned almost the exact same rotation from the year before. Last year's team. Last year's team, with the exception of Dewan Harris being a first-year starter, exact team from the year before. This year, you got two guys who played major roles and a bunch of fresh faces, or guys who were role players last year. So I expect yeah. there to be a lot of bumps in the road, to be quite honest with you. I think it's going to be a really talented team, and at times it's going to be really fun, but... I don't think we're going to see this team's full potential until we're, you know, into February where you're halfway through conference season. But non-com play, like I expect this team to kind of struggle as they figure out who fits in where. And I think Bill Self's okay with that. I think at this point, he he's, he's so competitive. Like he wants to win every single game. So 
I think it's tough sometimes for him to let guys play through mistakes, even if he knows it will be good in the long term, because there's five minutes left in the game and this freshman keeps screwing stuff up. You're going to pull him. You know you need to get him ready for those moments later in the year, but at the same time, like I don't want to lose this game right now. So I yeah. think that uh, I think it's going to be a struggle early. I really do. Um, I think their preseason ranking, and, and you can I, – I don't know where the latest polls – I don't I know that they've done the preseason polls, but um, yeah. I've seen, you know, the same stuff you guys have probably seen where the national guys put out their, you know, way too early top 25s. And I've seen KU around six or a sort of that fringe top five, top 10 team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I quite view them there. At the same time, I'll admit, I don't know how good the other, you know, 330 teams are going to be in college basketball this year, but – I do think this is this could be a year where maybe they drop a, a non-con game or two and maybe wind up as a top 15 team entering conference play before they really start hitting their strides. Ultimately, the potential is there, though. Like, you see the talent. It's a really talented recruiting class, and you've got some, some returners that are going to play big roles. But for me, in terms of, like, how, if Kansas can be a national title contender again, it comes down to one guy, and it's Jalen Wilson. Can, can Jalen yeah. Wilson... I wouldn't even say have an Ochai Baji type season because that was one of the best individual seasons we've seen at Kansas. But can he take that leap? Can he go from just being a guy on a really good team who has his moments to being a bona fide leader, all Big 12 type, 20 point per game type score? Because on a really young team, I think that's what he's going to need to be. If they don't have that, if they don't have this alpha leader who can knock down shots, score in transition, be a do-it-all type player, I don't see them being that national championship caliber team. So that's where it begins and ends with me, quite frankly, is what kind of a leap are we going to see from Jalen, a guy who flirted with the NBA and decided to come back? If he can take that step, uh, that's to me how Kansas gets back into the conversation of being one of the top you know, five, ten teams in the country. Yeah, no, I I agree with that 100%. I think having that returning presence there is huge, and he's going to have to step in and step up. And he has tournament experience where these new coming, these incoming players don't. So um, you can't really, you can't, can't, can't coach that experience. You can't teach it. You can't do anything about it other than just have it. So uh, important for them for sure. I personally, I, I see Kansas. I never doubt Bill Self in the Big 12, you, you know, finishing first. I see them finishing at least top three, honestly. Uh, but outright winning it would not, like, shock me in the in the slightest just because it's Bill Self in the Big 12. Um, and then also, I, I, they're, I think they are ranked, like, what, sixth or seventh right now in the top tw- two early top 25. I think, like you said, they dropped to 15 or so and kind of hover around there throughout the season. I think that's that's reasonable Unless unless one of these freshmen have just one of those seasons where they come in and just not think that they just not have it, just not have the goods that we thought they had or opposite. And then they'll just skyrocket up and, you know, they'll be a top five team. That's where that's where I reason. Yeah. And, I th- and, you know, you, you talk about Big 12 play like Bill Self's the master of that, of, of you know, grinding out those Tuesday night, you know, games yeah. in Texas or in Lubbock or or down in Fort Worth or up in Ames where you don't feel like they should be winning and they have to grind out these ugly games where they just kind of lock in defensively. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he's Bill Self and that's why K's won all the big 12 titles they've had. Um, and that's sort of a baseline that you can sort of count on every single year. I think the other interesting part is going to be shooting. You know, you lost Ochai and Christian yeah. Brown who were, 
you know, really important in Good terms shooters. of shooting the ball. And Jalen Wilson yeah. is not a great shooter. Dewan Harris, not a great shooter. So those are the two guys we know about. Kevin McCuller, 31% shooter. Was that a product of his environment? Or is he just not that guy? Uh, if if those are all if none of those guys take a big leap, then you are really banking on a guy like Grady Dick coming in and, and stretching the floor for you because you lost a lot last year, but especially in terms of shooting the basketball. That's probably if you want to get into the minutia of it, my biggest question of of where that's gonna come from for this team next year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Dow, do you have any questions for Nick about Kansas's upcoming season? Yeah, so you said earlier that Bill Self doesn't really have a system that he runs. There were times where people were like, oh, he likes to play with two-point guards, but it's pretty easy to do that when you have um, Frank Mason, who is – I mean, you, you can go uh, – yeah, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Back a while, and you all have had two guys that are, at worst, two great combo guards. So it's pretty easy to say, oh, he likes to play with two-point guards when he has two-point guards available. I feel like that if you're going to kind of take a step back and generalize it, Kansas has been very four out focused with one big man. You had Yudoka Azubuki there and then David McCormick kind of took over for him. Do you see that changing at all with this team? Um, it just doesn't seem like they have that, especially that big presence that they had. Um, that that's kind of the the piece that would be missing to have some, I guess, system continuity over the, over the last couple of years. How do you expect them to play um, – this year and any changes from kind of what we've seen out of Kansas the last few years? You know, Bill Self was one of the last coaches to, I wouldn't say one of the last, but of the major programs, you know, you think of the Blue Bloods, the elite programs in the country. He, for the longest time, really wanted to stick with this sort of, uh, you know, two big man looks like for the longest time, like the power, the, the traditional power forward, as we know it, is sort of dead in college basketball. Um, and, and he was sort of hesitant to, to go that route. And then Josh Jackson showed up as the number one recruit in the country. And it's like, oh, 6'8", can put the ball on the deck, can play three positions, uh, jumps out the gym. And ever since then, he's never really looked back. And now it's sort of been a wing-dependent system over the last couple of years you talked about David McCormick kind of taking over for Yudoka Azubuki. That was not a seamless transition. I mean, David McCormick was not a hero until he was a hero. Like, let's not, let's get it perfectly clear. Like David McCormick was not the most popular player in Lawrence, Kansas up until the night of the national championship game. But for two years, two years, Bill Self just kept saying, Nope, this is the guy. He's going to be our guy. He kept trotting him out there, playing a ton of minutes, and they kept feeding him, and he kept doing his thing, which a lot of times, you know, <laughs> made you want to put your head through a wall because he was he was an erratic player, right? He was sort of this black hole that took a lot of shots and just sort of played uh, for this frenetic style of basketball. But, uh, you know, he stuck with it. In terms of what I think they'll do next year, it's tough to say because I don't know enough about any of the big yeah. guys. There's always sort of been a guy waiting. There's always sort of been that dude. Like, even when Yudoka came in, he was injured early in his career. He would have played a lot more early in his career if it weren't for injuries. But it was sort of, you know, Landon Lucas, who was not a prolific player in terms of stats. But, I mean, we've said it a million times in this 
conversation, did everything, did all the little things, knew how to uh, set screens, knew how to, you know, uh, create driving lanes for these guards. He would defend well, he would rebound well. So there's always sort of been this guy who's the incumbent waiting behind the older player. You don't really have that this year. You got Zach Clements, who played sparingly as a freshman last year. Same thing with KJ Adams. Two freshman big guys. And then another dude in Cam Martin, who was a JUCO player, transferred, wasn't ready last year, so he redshirted. So I have no idea. I have no earthly idea what KU is going to do at the big spot. And all those guys are completely yeah. different from one another. Uh, Zach Clements is a is a is six ten, but he, you know, he's a shooter. Yeah. Uh, KJ Adams is is not a shooter. He's not a scorer. He's six seven. He ain't going to play the five in the NBA. But in college, like, is he athletic enough? to make up for his lack of size. Two freshmen, both prototype, prototypical big guys, but they're freshmen. And then you got Cam Martin, who's 6'9". He was killing it at uh, uh, Southwest Missouri State, I believe it was. He was a two-time All-American in JUCO, but he was JUCO. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got five big guys who are basically competing for one spot. You know you're not going to play two bigs because you got Jalen Wilson yep. taking over that, that sort of that four spot, if you will. So it's really tough to tell. That is the... That to me is the biggest question mark for this rotation is you got five big guys battling for minutes and you could talk to five KU fans who all have a different opinion on who they think it's going to be. And whoever it ends up being is in large part going to determine how Kansas plays. Playing a guy who shoots means you got to run a little bit, you know, you're running different sets than if you're running, uh, if you're playing with a, a six, seven, five man who's a rim runner and you know an inside score so it'll be really interesting to see how that that competition amongst the big guys sort of shakes out absolutely yeah um it's funny you we talked about Ernest Uday earlier uh he he comes from Orlando Florida DP uh Dr. Phillips High School which is like you could it's literally across the street from Universal Studios by the way if you didn't know that uh but I actually went and so I've seen Ernest Uday play in person I used to live in Orlando and they played Oak Ridge, which was right across the street from my house at the time, which at the time they had Emmett, uh, was, what was Emmett Williams played at LSU yeah. uh, at that time. Yeah. And so he was a senior, but I went early and watched the JV game or the freshman game or whatever. And Ernest Uday was that freshman center for DP at the time. So uh, interesting that I saw two future college players because they had a couple others on DP. Uh, DP, obviously, they were like state champions this past year. Um, well, he came out of no. He was. He was. Yeah, he didn't look that good last. Now that I remember. It. Well, last <laughs> last May, he was. He wasn't even a top one hundred player in the country. And nobody knew who he was. Yeah. He had no buzz around him. And then by the end of the summer, he was a top 30 player in the country. Yep. yep. You go, oh, you're 6'10". You have a 7'2 wingspan. And you're a good athlete who plays with a high motor. He went from a nobody to a fringe five-star in a span of three months. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Hey, you know, you know I, I'm not I, – I, I almost – I stopped myself. <laughs> so you're welcome. Because <laughs> it would have elicited a lot of eye rolls. I almost – brought up another guy who played high school basketball in Florida who went from a no-name to a fringe five-star in a span of five months. 
He is currently an MVP candidate for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not going to say his name <laughs> just so I won't be accused of comparing Ernest Uday to him. I just thought that maybe there were a few similarities there. Hey, for your sake, I hope that's truth. <laughs> Boy, I hope so too. The fourth best center in, in the basketball right now. Fourth. <laughs> okay. We don't have enough time for that. <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. Uh all right. So let's let's close thing let's close this interview out here with the all time Kansas starting five. So Nick, I put one on these on this document here, but by all means, tell me if I'm wrong. You are the Kansas expert here. So with our starting point guard, who is the all time Kansas starting point guard? Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, to me, there are – okay, so it, are we just – of course, I'm going to ask for clarifiers. Yeah, yes, you should. Are we talking about – are we talking about legacy or are we talking about we're playing a game tomorrow and this is who I want as the point guard? Mm, I say more the latter. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm taking Frank Mason as my starting point guard. Okay. I think there are there's probably three, maybe four answers that you could go with, but I'm going with Frank, and I'm a sucker for Frank because his story is so awesome. Is, yeah. I mean, he was an absolute nobody recruit. Comes in with Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid, part of the greatest recruiting class in Kansas history. He was the sixth highest ranked recruit in his own class, and he goes on to win National Player of the Year by the time he's a senior. Just unbelievable yeah. story so i'm going frank that's, mason a, there. that's a pretty similar like one to, to tyler ulis because that's that was the same way he came in with that 2015 class that in that that kind of paired up with the harrison twins jewish Randall recruiting class to be that yeah that yeah, team. That. yeah and then by i mean some people that's just been an argument on like kentucky twitter over the last little bit but like it the debate is essentially like Tyler Ulis or John Wall, and that's you're one of the two, uh, like picking them as the the best point guard in the Cal era. But it's funny that yeah, that you have John Wall who was an uber recruit, and then you have this little five nine dude mm-hmm. that is from outside outside Chicago <laughs> that uh, that ends up taking it. So, no, nah, I love yeah. Frank Mason. Yeah. Cool. Oh man, such a cool story. Love it. All right, so who are you taking with the starting shooting guard then? Mm. Uh, this is tough because part of me wants to cheat and put another point guard on there, right? I can put. Fine. I mean, I could go you way can, back. You can cheat. Do that. I could put. I, this is your starting I put five. Jo- I mean, I could put. I could go back to the seventies and put Darnell Valentine on there. I could go back even farther than that and put JoJo White on there. <laughs> um, I could put Mario Chalmers on there. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the format. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with another. I'm just going with my my heart here. I'm going with Kirk Heinrich. Oh, Kirk yeah. Heinrich. Uh, they called him Harry Potter. Played him back to back Final Fours. Um, just the most unassuming looking dude you've ever seen. <laughs> just kind of looks like a country bumpkin who just got off the van from from uh, corn country up in Iowa, but he would absolutely annihilate you. I <laughs> loved that dude. So he, and he's a, and he's a two, he's a pure two guard, right? Is, we don't yes, see that as much. True. We see more combo guards. Now that dude was a two guard, loved him. So I am going Kirk Heinrich at my two. 
Great. Love it. All right. We're not, starting we're not, we're not small putting, forward. We're not putting Josh Selby at the two. We're going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring him up at some hit point. Hit a game winner. Hit a game winner against USC in his first game, and that, that is all it. he ever did at Kansas. <laughs> okay, uh, the three spot to me is actually when filling out the starting five. Three spot is the easiest for me. I go Paul Pierce, and, now, and some of that is due to like he went on to have such a great pro career. But um, you know, some of his numbers are skewed at Kansas. Like when you look at the all-time lists and some of the accolades, he doesn't have as many as other people. He, got, he was injured, right? He was injured a lot. I think it was his sophomore year. Um, this guy probably would have been a two-time first-team All-American if not for the injuries, but that guy was so much fun to watch. Those those early 90s teams – or those late 90s teams were when I sort of fell in love with Kansas basketball. But pure three, uh, no no, uh, no second guessing there. I'm going Paul Pierce at the three. That's a good choice. Great choice. All right, uh, starting power forward. All right, this is where it gets tough, man. This is where it gets impossible because I'm not going to spoil it, but we all know who the starting five man is for Kansas. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. means, so that means at the four spot, you're going to make me choose between Danny Manning, Nick Collison, Rafe LaFrance, Drew Gooden, either a Marcus Morris. I mean, it's stupid, and, and we, like don't even mention Joel Embiid, who's like he only played one year, so we can't. Yeah. I have to go Danny Manning. I mean, he is Mr. Jayhawk. He is national champion. (laughs) He is, I mean, one of the most decorated college basketball players of all time. There's really only one answer. Uh, It's Danny Manning. All right. So for a six man then, because we know Will Chamberlain is the starting center. There's no argument (laughs) about that. So for the six man, who are you going to put the six man then between those guys? I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to pick another big guy. Um, because that's the, that's the tough thing about KU. Like if you go through the, the top 15 players in school history, eight or nine of them are probably big guys. Yeah. They've just had such a luxury of riches big man at you. that spot. Yeah, it really has been. It really has been. And that's been not just over the past, you know, 10 years, not, not just the Bill Self era, but before that. Now I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm impartial to Rafe LaFrance. He was, you know, uh, back to back big 12 player of the year um so much fun to watch but i'm actually going to go nick collison i think you're splitting hairs there loved nick collison another fan favorite um dude was utterly dominant dominant in college there in the in the early 2000s so i'll go nick collison which means i got two guys from those uh 0102 teams kirk and Kirk and Nick, by the way, ask any. That's how you can tell like who's a real KU fan yeah. and who's just like become a fan over the last five years. Like the guys who tell you Joel and Bead and Devontae Graham are their favorites, those guys are great. But like the OG KU fans, yeah. they always go back to Nick and Kirk. So I'm gonna put them both in my top six there. Definitely. You know, real, real fans know, or unless they were just their NBA Twitter kids that were there. Like, uh, yeah, but you guys <laughs> I, I know you guys got that with Kentucky fans as well, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a lot of group chats with them, yeah. <laughs> True. There you For go. Sure. So, so um, all right, man. Well, this has been fun, Nick. I uh, appreciate you coming on again. And uh, let us know where we can find you and your work and anything that you want to let a, let our listeners know where to find you and, and everything like that right now. Yeah, man. Um, so, Waving the Weed podcast, uh, actually going to be uh, having our first episode of the season coming out here within the next week. 
took a, nice. took a little bit of a hiatus during the off season, basking in the glory of a national championship. <laughs> so waving the wheat, um, if you just search for it, you can find it uh, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. We also were an Odyssey company. So do the Odyssey app. You can go that way as well. 610sports.com. I also do uh, middays here in Kansas City on a show called Cody and Gold. We're on from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. So, um, yeah, a lot of different ways you can check out you know, what I'm up to. But I really appreciate you guys having me on. This has been a good time. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks again. No problem, guys. Take it easy. You too. Yep. All right, so last call, Dal. Uh, having Nick on was fun. I want to hear your thoughts now. What, what, are, we, what are we closing out tonight with? Uh, so I have a incredibly off-the-beaten-path uh, non-basketball last call to, to do. But I'll comment first on just having Nick on talking Kansas. It's really cool to like, – a lot of the teams that we've talked about in the top 25 have replaced a bunch, and I feel like a lot of them – have been talked about way more than Kansas has, which is kind of strange considering they're the national champion, you know, kind of coming off and they lost two guys drafted pretty highly. So I feel like that I just like, haven't heard anything much about Kansas at all. Um, So what's cool to, what's cool to talk to him. He's super knowledgeable on the, on the team as a whole. So great, great conversation there. Uh, I hope that Kansas is bad as a, uh, as a Kentucky fan that will likely play them. And <laughs> so selfishly that would, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but uh, no, really cool. I'll be very succinct in my, uh, in my last call though. So I'm recording this where I work, which I have a standing desk and I got this balance board today that I'm not showing Connor that I can finally say that we, this is not just an audio medium because we're on YouTube and TikTok now. It's not an audio medium right. anymore, guys. Uh, but yeah, so shout out to our YouTube followers. It's a little, it's a little like balance board and I can sit there and just like try and balance. I'm not very good at it yet. Work that core, That's baby. Right. Work that core. <laughs> but it's really fun. So, if you, so everyone go get a standing desk and everyone go get a balance exactly. board. Exactly. That's the last call. <laughs> all right i'm not gonna do that i'm just being honest <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a new i got a new office chair recently it's too comfy not giving it up i might get one of those little like uh bike under the desk Ooh, bike things those are cool. but yeah, that's, that's a that's good that's story. a good uh compromise yeah yeah exactly so all right uh my last call it's absolutely wild that nick almost compared Ernest uday to uh to <laughs> joel Embiid, but <laughs> That's the hottest take that we'll have on this podcast for a long time, but he didn't flat out say it, so I can't hold him to that too much. But True. it was definitely implied. I'm not. I'm not smart gonna, on his part. Not going to blast them on social media, but uh, that that would be pretty wild. And if it does hit, that is the smartest man we've ever had on this podcast, and never will have on this podcast. Uh, but I'm not playing those odds. So <laughs> um, my actual last call is go follow Beers and Buckets. Uh, podcast on instagram and tiktok we are trying to stay more active there if you love kenneth freed and wonder what the heck happened to him today we just posted a new tiktok about him kind of went through his career and where he ended up so go follow on tiktok for that that's at beers beers and buckets pod uh subscribe to our youtube channel if you don't already if you're watching on youtube thank you uh, if you're just, if you only watch on YouTube, do me a favor, pull up Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, whatever, and, uh, just hit, just download one of the episodes that you're listening to 
play it just by skipping all the way to the end. Any play that we get, the more that helps out with our following and stuff like that. But I mean, by far, we have more YouTube viewers and, and listeners than we do any episode we've had before, which is insane. But yeah, definitely do that if you if you don't mind. We appreciate that. And then lastly, like, rate, and leave a review and share this episode with your friends. If you know a Kansas fan, send it on over to them. And, uh, you know, like it's been a really fun episode. I think very informative. Next week we have Jack Pilgrim from KSR coming on to talk about Kentucky basketball, what to expect their offseason. And he's coming with fresh content coming off of the Bahamas trip. And he even said that he's going to have some really good stuff for us. So I'm excited for that and to uh, to hear a little bit more from him finally connect with him i think it'd be great and then uh yeah go check out the basketball podcast network for other podcasts if you have a podcast of your own you want to uh join the network maybe you cover more college teams there's only like two i think dal i think there's unc and west virginia which are two sucky teams that have only covered in the podcast network so uh, west virginia we, hate we need is more. unnecessary i hate west virginia Love Bob Hawkins. Wait, hate West Virginia. <laughs> no, uh, you guys definitely go check that out. But um, all that to say, it's been a fantastic episode. Dal, love you, man. This has been real fun. Anything you want to say as we go? It's a lovely day for a Guinness. Yeah, and that's the bottom line because Connor said so. You guys have a great week. <laughs> Peace.